When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. It's Judd, it's Chip Scoggins, who joins us every other week, of course, Star Tribune sports columnist Ross Brendel in for Declan Goff, who's taking some time off. Um, so here we are talking about, Chip Scoggins, Vikings <coughs> 49ers on Monday night. Give me your overall sort of state of the Vikings, your feeling right now, coming off a win at Chicago in one of the worst football games I have <laughs> ever watched. Now, I heard you were at the Wisconsin-Iowa yeah. game, so you beat me, but those are two of the worst football games probably ever played. Could you imagine if I had to do that doubleheader, Wisconsin-Iowa on Saturday, then that, that Vikings-Bears uh, game on Sunday? That would have been... I'm sort of surprised torturous. you didn't being you. I'm surprised you yeah. didn't insist on driving to Chicago and putting yourself through that torture. Yeah, it. Um, I didn't come out of that Vikings game feeling any better about the Vikings. <laughs> that's the, that's what's, John. What's happened to their offense, man? Like, oh, Jefferson's they can't run out, the ball and JJ's out, and um, Hawk still drops passes. KJ drops passes. The run game is non-existent, and they won't. And and they keep treating. And I mean, this is my. I think Chipper. This is my biggest O'Connell surprise so far. It's the treatment of Alexander Madison as yeah. if he's Dalvin Cook in his prime. I, I, because I can't, there's nowhere else that I blame that. It's not like, well, that's yeah. Cousins' fault too. Um, but all of those things, I think, <laughs> factor into an offense that can, you know, you know what they are? They're the Vikings, they're the children's teams that we covered that can move the mm-hmm. ball between the 20s just fine. You get into the red zone and yeah. it's a different ballgame. Yeah. And you, you're starting to wonder the longer this goes, if, if they just completely, overestimated what Madison was going to give him in terms of being an efficient running game. Um, we know how much the lost yardage and the zero uh, yard gains <clears throat> uh, bugged O'Connell last year, but they're missing that explosiveness that Dalvin gave him or the potential that he had. I mean, yes, he had a lot of <clears throat> runs that uh, lost him yardage, but he also hit home runs and they're just not getting that right now. Um, and I don't know that they're going to get that. So I, you know, they don't have. They're never going to be a um, high volume rushing team, I don't think, under O'Connell. But I think they're sitting thirty right now, right? They're one of two teams that that don't have a rushing touchdown. That's incredible. They're not getting any explosives out of it, um, and it's just it's putting way, way too much um, pressure on the passing game to produce. And now you're doing it without Jefferson and. Hawkinson just, I mean, 
he he's not what I thought he was going to be this year after signing that contract. I thought he was going to be, um, it's a, it's you know just the the balls that are banging off his hands on those contested or difficult catches. It's like he's not making them. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I if you want positives that I took away from that game, I thought Daniil Hunter was the best player on the field for him. Um, I know Jordan Hicks had the the you know the splash plays, but I thought Daniil uh, really impacted that game. So. I think he's, you know, uh, looking like Daniil of old. And the defense is making plays, but they're just they're just not putting together a complete game. And I don't know that they that they have that in them. Maybe they do, but um, it's just they're still sloppy. It's still just like a lot of not a lot there there, you know, as right. as we used to always say. And their two wins have come against a combined two teams that are one and yeah. eleven, and so that's the problem too. Is like the Bears are like you're you're watching that game and correctly thinking they can't really lose this game, right? And of course they didn't. Now they did give they did give it the old college try late in the game, <laughs> but yeah. the, you know, but we still haven't seen. It's like the Kansas City game, perfect example of a game that they could have won. I mean, if Madison catches that stupid screen pass. He, yeah, he's still going, you know, he scores a touchdown. He's still going now. Um, it was perfectly blocked up. It was a perfect pass. There's no one to blame but him. Uh, but yeah, I it's so interesting too, Chipper, because I feel in some ways that w- when you ask me offensively what's wrong, I feel in some ways like O'Connell has taken a step backwards. And I don't know if it's because yeah. he's afraid. I don't know if it's because the because the um uh, the synergy with Kirk is not there like like it was. But when I look at what I feel to be as a real lack of creativity, and this included when Jefferson was playing, but, yeah. you know, the problems, third down. Against Chicago, you're what, 2 of 13? 2 of 13, yeah. That's not excusable. <clears throat> well, and your thing is, Judd, go back to last year when they started so well. Their scripted plays, and, it, and then they kind of hit a low after that. That became a narrative, like they were really good on – how many points do they have in the first quarters of this year? I mean, they're starting slow. They're not coming yeah. out of the gates like we're used to seeing them do. And um, it's funny because we thought, okay, year two in the system, this thing's going to look even better. And um, yeah. and it just it, it's gone the other way. And I think part of that is just they're well, so obviously the the turnovers have taken a lot of points off the board for them. But um, independent of that, I mean, not being able to run the ball. I think is really impacting what they can do in terms of setting things up, making the defense honor that. Um, it's it's just, I mean, they're basically getting nothing out of that right now. Which brings to mind one question: Where is Cam Akers? He had a <sighs> yeah, he I don't had know. one carry for eight yards. He had one reception. Um, but you but you know how much more do they need to see? And by and by the way, if you look PFF wise, the offensive line is actually playing pretty well. So you can't yeah. blame this all on the line. Everybody but in- Ingram actually has a pretty damn good grade, and Ingram is not nearly as the disaster he was a year ago. So, you know, you went out. I, I thought that you went out and got acres because Chandler, as far as his blocking went, was too raw. Um, and so I, I assumed they didn't trust Tyson Chandler, so they're going to play Cam now, and it's going to be, you know, at least somewhat of a split. But – it hasn't yeah. been. And now my question is this on Sunday. Are they going to try and incorporate 
Wong Wu, who's going to come back and return kicks. I'm assuming I'm assuming Chandler's going to be down, but you know, is there anything that they're going to try to change differently to provide a more looks and b just sort of a shot in the arm to a run game that is just to your point not effective? Yeah, you might. There might be some gadget plays in there, maybe one or two for him to try to get him <clears throat> on the edge and let him use his speed. But I don't know. If, that the trust factor is real high with him right now with the coaching staff. After I agree with you on that. How this season has gone. So I, I don't know that yeah. uh, we're going to see that other than returning kicks, but um, it's just so vanilla. And um, I mean, Cousins has a lot of yards early on, but it's, he's not playing as well as he was last year, you know? Um, and some of that is drops. I mean, you know, I would love to know where they rank in drops. And those can, and those can be tricky. Those can be tricky to count. Like you count a tough catch a drop. You, right. You know that those. Phil can be found subjective. it. It's too high. They they've got. I believe KJ Osborne might be last tied for last in in the league in drops. Hawkinson's yeah. got a bunch. Um, now I don't know. Here here's what's tough. I don't know what they consider a drop. So like was the exactly, is the yeah. tipped KJ pass that was actually behind him at what the two or three yard line is that a drop because that's a tough catch as well yeah i mean do they count if you get your hands on is that a drop well that's not really fair all the time either um right it's it's, so that that can be subjective but it does speak to they're not making difficult catches uh consistently and so uh and and you know part of that's on cousins that throw a better ball but sometimes you just can't because of circumstance and you, you need your guys to make difficult catches so um yeah, I'd be, you know, I wonder how much of this uh, does O'Connell does not having a running game that he can rely on impacted in the way he calls a game. It probably does, but my question off of that is, then why don't you change it? You yeah. know, why don't yeah. you try different things? You're, it's not your line. It's not your line. And, and Ross says that the Vikings – to your question from before, our 29th in the league in first quarter points, and they're averaging yeah. just one point. Yeah, I mean it's it's. If you do the, I mean, if you do the math, sorry to cut you off, Chip. I yeah. think they said on Sunday's game was the the field goal may have been the first points they had on their first drive of the game all year against the which Bears. Was great last year. Well, that was that was who they were last year. I mean, he went, yeah, he scored, scripted plays, baby, the scripted plays. So. um you know, it'll be interesting to see. Now, do we know yet? Have we heard? I mean, I know we're taping a few days in advance. Have we heard, like, status on Debo and, and McCaffrey yet? I mean, that might no. be game time. I, my, my hunch is, not having read too much on yet, um, that they'll take the big-picture approach with those guys and say, let's look at the long haul and not just one game. Um, so you may face him without him. But the longer this goes, Judd, and you get closer to that trade deadline, it's going to be interesting to see what Quasey does and how he handles this. Yes, yes. And among the things I never thought I'd say in 2023, but I'm about to say it, San Francisco's defense against the Vikings offense actually scares me more than San Francisco's offense against the Vikings defense because the Vikings defense has really done its job. Like, for the most part, now they can't stop the run, and they do not have, for the love of God, find a defensive tackle who can stop the middle. But 
I'm more concerned because that N- Niners defense, one, is physical, and two, they're pretty damn good, Chipper. So I'm actually more concerned that the offense is going to remain out of sync playing them. Yeah, I agree with you there, particularly if they have the personnel losses on you know their main guys sitting out. Um, San Francisco on offense. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's a bad matchup. I, like, I think uh, Niners are the most complete team in the NFL when they're healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. they would be my Super Bowl pick. Um I just think they're so – and we saw it last year when they were here for that joint practice. It's like, man, that is a big physical team. Like, they are well-constructed. Yes. <laughs> you looked at that, that. You just walked away and said, that looks like a Super Bowl team right there, the way just physically they are and how deep they are. Um, so, yeah, I don't – you know, and it, it, you know that was the big question. Like, what would the – not having J.J., what, what's the impact on everyone else? Well, you're seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. Not only – not only him catching the ball, but um, just the attention he takes on on defense and guys committing to him, and now all that flows to someone else or other people, and they play you more. You know, Addison's getting tougher coverages, and and Hawkinson's getting so it's it's um, the effect of not having him is, is just massive, and so I I don't know. Um, if they have the firepower to kind of combat that, especially if these guys are going to keep dropping passes. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, th- then they're totally screwed. But I think what, uh, I think what scares me too is again, your lack of success offensively came against the bears. Yeah, I know. Like if that's yeah. like, if you can't do that against the bears and yes, Justin Jefferson's all world, we all think he's great. But when you're playing the Chicago bears who from watching him, it looks like they've cashed it in. And I guess I don't blame him at this point. Yeah. But, you know, what's San Francisco? Because I do think Flores and, and the defense, I think that they're going to come up with ways probably that can throw Purdy off a bit. Now, yeah. Shanahan will counter that eventually. But I'm just more concerned about, like, you were given the Chicago Bears a gift with Jefferson Hurt and yeah. and a team that was last in the league, Chipper, in third down defense. Yes. And you couldn't convert 11 of 13. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're 2 of 13, right? Yeah. Well, I do wonder, this will be uh, up front, because go back to that playoff game, and I know the personnel changes, not the same personnel, but um, was it two years ago out in San Francisco, the playoff game, where they 19. just got absolutely beat up uh, physically oh, along both asking. lines? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the second round game. I mean, it was – that's as big a mismatch – in the trenches as I've seen. I mean, there's just, they couldn't do anything. Um, 2018. And if you remember chipper, the Niners at one point in the second half ran like 11 or 13 straight runs in a row. They just ran it right down the Vikings throats. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was there for the game and I remember, you know, being in locker room afterwards and just, there was nothing they could do to stop it, you know, and and they knew it because they were just, the, the difference in physicality in the trenches. So I, I want to see kind of that's where to me where it'll, it'll uh, as it is most games, but I think even more so when you, when you face this opponent, that's where that game is going to be decided. Oh yeah, absolutely. And th- that's what um, the same thing is what the Eagles did to the Vikings Philadelphia, in week two yeah. this year, which was just take a series and ram it down the Vikings throats, which they did brilliantly on that drive. How much is that Judd too? Is like, um, because Flores, you know, he likes line rush edges. He likes safeties. He likes, you know, the speed. Well, teams are just going to counter and say, okay, you don't have enough 
big guys, big bodies inside. So we're just going to run the ball and, and they just can't stop the run there. So th- this might sound weird, but I-, I was told this after the fact chipper and it makes some sense. So if you recall going into week two in Philadelphia, Marcus Davenport, who's out again now yeah. was, was active and he was supposed to play a pretty big role on the defensive line. I think he played four plays, four snaps, got, yeah, four snaps. Yeah. And that was it. And I really think, and and yes, he's not the guy who's going to solve the problem of the run game against you. Yeah. Uh, but I, but in watching Davenport, the rare times he's healthy, he actually does provide a guy that that allows you to move different guys inside and allows you. And mm-hmm. I, I unfortunately, because I've seen enough now, like he's just never healthy. But unfortunately, yeah. I do think his loss is 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 fairly substantial. Uh, yes. Because because Flores is not exactly dealing with a laundry list of great players already. And yeah. so that's my thing. I think Brian Flores probably schematically has done a great job. Um, but I think there comes a point in time, too, where you just don't have the talent. And I think that's yeah. the Vikings problem. They just defensively don't. They're just not there. That's it. Like it, it's it's like fixing that side was not a one year fix in terms of personnel. Like You just don't mm-hmm. have enough, you know either cap space or draft picks or whatever. Um, but it is like, you, you talk about uh, Davenport is like, that's the disappointing thing. Cause like he made an impact. He makes an impact when he's on there. You see him. Yes. Yes. Like, and you wonder if that's going to affect the Neil now on the other side, not having him because it, there's just a drop off. I mean, there just is when he's not in there. So um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would like to see Flores, uh, his defense when they get the personnel where they want it to be, and because they have, I mean, it's obvious you watch it, they just there's a they're not where they need to be or where they want to be personnel wise. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he's st- still here in a couple of years, if they can add more talent there. But, um, did you see, uh, Jed, I was just before we started taping, did you see our old buddy Rick Spielman? Yes. Um, floating that uh, team should be calling to try to get a trade for Daniel um, as the deadline approaches. I, think, I, I, I have to imagine there will be a lot of interest in him. I think if you can get at the very least a conditional first round pick that you, that you make that trade, unless you have him signed to an extension before Halloween. Yeah. Um, there's been no indication that that's the way they want to go. We've, and we've heard I, nothing on extensions. Yeah. And I don't know that um, who knows where, what, where his, you know, if he just wants a fresh start somewhere, if, if the, you know, he's just, um, he's doing what I thought he would do though. When he signed that one year deal, have a big year and show yeah. that he's healthy and, and show other teams that he's still a, you know, high impact player on defense. Um, but, you know, Few more losses, Judd, and this is what's this is going to be a regular theme around this team. Is like, okay, who's going? Who's staying? Who should be traded? I mean, that's that's the uh, price you pay when you fall into this hole. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts, or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. 
And in some ways, Chip, I almost like I think that they do have if you look at the second half of the schedule, there is room to put together a run. But here's my thing. I think for the good of this franchise, if I'm crazy, you've got to be looking at what you can possibly get as far as draft picks go. Because mm-hmm. here's because here's your problem. Come March, Kirk Cousins can walk. Daniil Hunter can walk. Um, you do not have, and and if Hunter walks, and Davenport probably is not brought back because he can't stay healthy. Now yeah. you have no one who can rush the quarterback. The nose tackle. You don't have anyone who's really yeah. good inside. So so I guess my I guess my thing is this. Would you take a couple of years, including this one, of short-term pain to reset things? Because, you know, I hope Brian Flores is back. I think he's really good. He, I, I think yeah. he schemes up great game plans. All of that being said, you know, at some point in time, if you don't have the talent, you don't have the talent. And mm-hmm. if if it was just a quarterback, which is a which is a big thing to say, but if it was yeah. just quarterback, I'd be like, okay, maybe you can find somebody. I don't know, but it's not yeah. chipper. It's a lot no. of really hard to find positions. You can't, you know, I can go find you a linebacker. Yeah, I no, can't go find you a pass rusher. That's it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, if you assume Daniel's not back, he's going to sign somewhere else. Well. You need somebody there. That's a premium position. Like you, you yes. need edge rushers. Um, when you watch other defenses and you see they have these massive mountainous nose tackles that just clog up everything, they don't have that. They need that. Um, so no, this is. Would you take the short term pain? You know what? They've been stuck in good but not great for a long time here. You know, and it's. There's some satisfaction in that because you're you're never just a <laughs> terrible team. You're getting a taste of the playoffs. You feel like you have a, uh, you know, you feel like you have a fighter's chance sometimes. But if you're being realistic, like, you know, even though they won a division, and got in the playoffs, like you know, that's not a model. Like you can't be one of the worst defensive teams. So he started. Quasi has started the roster turnover. Um, but there, you know, it's, it's complicated because like. Are they going to pick the right quarterback? Um, he's already, they've already told us that Justin Jefferson is going to be, uh, I don't know, if, was it have a voice in, in kind of decision makings or impact or input? You know? Yeah. Um, and he's going to break the bank too, which, which is, which this, is another this, thing too. You can't like, like if you say, you know what, Daniil's great. Let's bring him back. At some point in time, I got to draw a line because Christian yeah. Derrissaw, uh, Justin Jefferson, however you replace your quarterback, if it's not a rookie, right? So, like, at some point in time, yes, the cap goes up, but you're going to have to make decisions. And Justin Jefferson is probably going to be the highest-paid, non-paid, non-quarterback in the league. Yes. And, you know, I mean, it's – it's you just made Hawkinson the highest-paid tight end in, you know, in yes. the league. And like, you need him to be better than what he's been. Yes. Like, you need him to have a major impact when you're paying him that kind of money. And so – but here's the other thing, Judd. They got draft better. <laughs> they just do. I mean, you can't have drafts where you're not really getting anything out of them. I mean, that's that's a problem. When I was listening to Kevin O'Connell today or uh, earlier this week when he met with him, and I think Andrew Kramer from my paper asked him about <clears throat> Lewis Seen being healthy scratch, and he said, "I I, I want to make sure I get it right." But didn't he basically say they're looking at him to be up this this week to be a gunner? Yeah, he might be a gunner. We're it's looking like, for. What? I know. 
Your first round pick, you're hoping he can be a gunner. I mean, you know, that's that's a problem. So they need, you know, not only the money stuff, but they need to hit on the draft and have some of these guys actually be integral good players for them. That's a huge thing. And one, I, the quarterback doesn't scare me as much because I don't think it's going to have much to do with Quazy. I think the quarterback yeah, but, is going to be O'Connell's pick. And if yeah. O'Connell gets that wrong, he's done. Like, like this is – he's got yeah. – in in my opinion, because both Quazy and Kevin had four-year contracts, you've got one big bite. And it's a big bite, but you got one big bite at that apple. If you're wrong, you're probably done. Uh, but, yeah, like the 2022 draft is biting them in the ass because you yes. don't have any suitable replacements. You know, now Booth did play more against the Bears, but – what does that mean exactly? Yeah, I'm talking starting. I'm talking you hit on and and the other problem too is this this work it comes back as well. You took a safety. You took a safety. Yeah. One you've got Metellus, sixth round pick, right? You've got Bynum, like a fourth round pick. Harrison Smith's set there. Um, you're set at safety, and you've got you got a guy that can't play. And even even if he could play, that's not what you take a first round pick with, you know. So yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah, mistakes. It, yeah, and it, I mean, it, you know, there's Brian Osamoa. I mean, how much is he playing? A couple snaps here and there. He finally and got did, back in again. On I think I think somebody begged him to play Booth and Osamoa against the Bears because all of a sudden they mixed in a little bit more. It yeah. might be guys trying to save face. Yeah, and I mean, because we thought, okay, this guy has to be, you know, he needs to emerge as a full time. Uh, solid starter for him, and that you know hasn't happened yet. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot to be skeptical about with this team, and and you know kind of where they're at right now. Um, that's not to say, you know, we've seen in the NFL things change quickly, and you know, you're right that the schedule does ease up in the second half, but um, they just have to, you know, part of it. I feel like they've just kind of self sabotaged themselves with the way. Well, they have. You know, so, so that some of that's on them, um, but uh, yeah, I just it, it's it's hard to feel optimistic about where they're at right now. Absolutely, and, and where they're going and what they have, the pieces that they have. I just you know, especially with Je- with Jefferson out. Okay, Roscoe, why should we be optimistic? We're jaded. The two of us are jaded. So you tell we're us old. why we should be. We're old. No. We've seen a lot of bad football. Uh, guys, I'm with you. I have coined for other teams in town when the timing is right. I like to say be bad to get good. And I think that's kind of where the Vikings are at right now. What If you're going to rally and play well when the schedule softens up after, well, quote unquote, softens up after Kansas City, in my opinion, what is the point in finishing seven and 10 or eight and nine and missing the playoffs? I'm not asking the players on the field to intentionally lose the games, but I'd rather be five and 12, six and 11, four and 13. I realistically, if you don't beat the San Francisco 49ers on Monday night, you're not going to the playoffs. Now, if you beat the 49ers and you get to three and four to a degree, okay, game on. But if you're two and five, you're not going to overcome that. I just don't see you winning six in a row to get to eight and five and feeling good about yourself. So I I don't necessarily think that you guys are so jaded. I just think that that's an honest and open assessment about where this franchise is right now. And Judd, we've talked about this on before I die here in the purple daily. 
podcast network. You're going to move on from Kirk Cousins very soon. What is the prism of very soon or what is that time frame? I don't know, but logic tells you it's this offseason. Mm-hmm. So don't you kind of want to have the best draft pick and the most assets you can possibly have to make that happen, especially if you need to move up and get your guy? So I don't necessarily think you guys are jaded. I think it's just an honest, open assessment with where this team is. And guys, they haven't earned rah-rah. As you mentioned, yeah. you have two wins against a, a teams that are a combined one and 11, and you've scored six points in the first quarter all year. Six <laughs> points. Ross is jaded. No, that's right. You know, well, it's funny I mean, when we're it's, Minnesota sports fans, yeah, right? Know, we're all jaded. Right. No, when, you know, it's funny when the season began, Judd, I, I was in the camp that I thought, um, I thought they would be at a point where Cousins would return most likely after this year. I, w- I would have put it like 67%. Based on where they're at now, I just think they they move on and, and draft a guy. Um, at and this you, point, that unless something crazy changes the rest of the season, but if it keeps right. going this way and they're stumbling and they're not, you know, they're well out of it. I I think it at that point to me, then it's like you know, turn the page and you're going to draft. The, Chip the guy. for me, it's not necessarily even a dig or a massive rip on Cousins. His numbers no, this no, year are no. okay. It's more of just the reality of when this team is ready to compete again for a Super Bowl, he'll be pushing 40. He'll be in the back half of his 30s. So there's really no better time than right now to start investing and looking at what is next. And by the way, if you screw up what's next, you're bad enough to then again spin the wheel of quarterbacks yeah. three, four years down the road. Well, if wow. you screw that it'll up, be someone else. it'll be history. It, it'll O'Connell's be someone else. Yeah. He, he can't. Yes, he can, but as yeah. a franchise, you can Rick do Spielman, that. Rick, Rick was shown the door, in my opinion, because, and, and he's basically talked about this on Sirius, he couldn't find one. And so yeah. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of patience with a guy with a four-year contract to be like, oh, we'll try again. Uh, the other thing, too, is it's very, very clear now that when Kirk didn't get the extension last March, Kirk said, okay, Okay, that's fine. That's cool. I'm going back to market. And yeah. and we can talk all we want about how they love Minnesota and blah blah yeah. blah. He's going to get the highest bid he possibly yeah. can again. That's that's I, I mean he if there was a negotiating wing in Canton, Kirk Cousins is first yeah. ballot. <laughs> yeah. He's one of the and, great and negotiators the, of all time. Yeah, and he you know, he's not taking the hometown hometown discount and all that. He, he oh. you know. And the one thing I will say like I usually I'll say oh, you got to get that first or second pick to get that quarterback there are a lot of really good quarterbacks in college football this year. Now they're, they're good quarterbacks for college football. That's for O'Connell and guys that are a lot smarter than me to decide, does it translate to the NFL? But when you look at them and you watch them, I don't, I mean, we all love Caleb Williams, you know, but there's more than just Caleb Williams and Drake may. I mean, there's, there's a group of guys quarterbacks this year that I think are going to go in the first round. I don't, I don't know how many it is, but I think it's going to be a handful. And I don't think you have to be one or two to get, the guy. How close is Drake May to Caleb? Do you think? I I saw Drake May. You know, obviously in person. I uh, guess the Gophers. He's good. I mean, he's really really good. Um, I, as me, I would take him second. I, I could see him going number two. You know, um, I just think he's that good. He's, uh, you know, he just he had complete control of the game. Now it was the Gophers' defense that's not very good. I do like this. I loved his arm. So his arm, just everything. He had just complete control. He, I mean, he, he had uh, two interceptions. One was when he got hit. Uh, wasn't really his fault. The other one, 
maybe a bad read. The kid made a really nice play on it, but he's he's really good. Like I like him a lot. So and I, I just think there's I don't think teams are going to be scrambling to fight over two quarterbacks. I, I just don't. I think there's guys in this uh, in this that are going to be available in the first round. That's just who you know. That's up to the evaluators. Like does he, who's your third shipper? Oh man, there's you know, at Penix. You know, Michael Penix is fantastic. I think if you pick the Heisman today, he would be it. Uh, Bo Nix, um, uh, kid at uh, Florida State. Um, early on, I said my keep an eye on my guy from Tennessee, but he's just you know the arm talent. Well, that's because you're just, a he's hopeless. He's he's way Homer. Too yeah. I know he's way too inconsistent. Huge arm, but, Kansas. Um, yeah, I know. Sure, yeah. today hoodie. Um, but there, yeah, there's there's probably I, I don't know how many are going to go in the first round. I, I think a handful of them, but um, there's different, uh, you know, different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just whether you know you think I, my hunch is O'Connell will want um, a mobile quarterback based off who they like this past draft class, right? Agreed. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. But um, I, I now, unless this thing does a major U-turn, um, I, 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 I flip my opinion and think that they'll uh, be in search for a quarterback this offseason. Great stuff, Chip Scoggins. Thanks much. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks, okay? All right, boys. We'll see-, see ya.